Welcome to New York Zen Center for Contemplative Care's podcast. This free podcast is made possible through your generosity. Please consider making a donation through our Ways to Give link on zencare.org. In kindness, a profound connection between ourselves and others. The second is compassion, or the trembling of the heart in response to seeing pain everywhere. And that's evident everywhere. The third is sympathetic joy, the ability to really feel the joy of the happiness of others. And the fourth is equanimity, which is one of the major qualities of so-called enlightenment. Paul Farini, who's been one of my teachers for many, many years, says, what I have, you also have. What I do not have, you do not have either. That is the divine structure of creation. It is based on complete equality. Any division from that essential equality is a perversion we have introduced. We cannot come back into harmony with the divine plan, or what I call the Dharma, until we look beyond all our own illusions. Only then can we see what is real. My only proper relationship with any human being is one of brother or sister. Call the human being Jesus or call him Hitler. One is not more my brother than the other. The part of me that condemns Hitler condemns myself and all my brothers and sisters for their mistakes. This is one gesture of the illusion to create scapegoats, to deny responsibility for bringing our own darkness into the light. The part of me that raises Jesus onto a pedestal is the part that would find myself and others inadequate. I believe that because Jesus walked through his fear I don't have to walk through mine. Bull squatos. (laughs) Because he walked through his fear, showed me that I am capable of walking through mine. Although it is not specifically mentioned in literature, I am certain that when the Buddha, in his sit under the Bodhi tree, and had to confront Mara, over the length of time that he lived there, that he lived there, because he lived there, who knows for how long, that he didn't deal with fear. I mean, I think that every time Mara showed its, his face was a moment of fear, and there he sat. In the face of all that, no matter what the nature of the fear was, he was determined, determined to sit there until he got it straight. And that's us. That's our path. (laughs) There's no escape. I mean, once you've taken it on, 
<laughs> be real. That's why it's so important for me when I finally recognize that there was no arrival. I was not going to get to a place where everything was elision fields and everything was going to be hunky-dory. Because what I've learned is over and over, and most recently indeed, that we all get to a practice edge, what I call a practice edge, which means that we've spiraled around up to a certain point and then unfinished business arises. And what do we do with that? Do we run away? Well, after a while, there's no running away. I mean, you recognize that how difficult it is. There's no running away. It's like a choiceless choice. You have to be with it. And the sooner you recognize your resistance and are willing to say, so be it. This is the teaching of this moment. I will be with it. I will enter it with full consciousness and no gain, no blame, just this, one moment at a time. You know, <laughs> looking into, uh, they, they've done a lot of studies on genetics, taking us back 10,000 years, and I realized in that study that we are that. We're not just our immediate history, you know, the parents and grandparents and so on and so forth. We are carrying 10,000 years of human history. So who knows what collective we individually are carrying in this moment. It makes me think of a statement that Ram, da Ram Das was once asked if there would ever be peace on Earth. And he said, no. The Earth plane is a plane of duality where we learn about suffering and joy. Very interesting. So we can all struggle for peace and indeed can find peace within ourselves. But the idea that there might be peace throughout the globe is, seems very unlikely, especially today. All of our patterns and habits need to be seen in order to learn that we are habitually and unconsciously thinking speaking and acting out of old, old patterns in our lives. It is the lack of awareness that keeps creating inner confusion or distress on a regular basis. We call this unskillful behavior. It is this lack of balance that comes when we live with attitudes of inequality. I'm better than they are, I'm less than they are, etc., etc. We all have our own individual forms of how we see the world. All prejudice of any kind, feelings of separation from oneself and others, are the, perceptive, the perceptions that have created our world of inequality. Uh, I recently read a book called Tattoos on the Heart by Greg Boyle. And Greg Boyle is a Christian priest who has been called to work with all the downtrodden in the world. He works with the gangs of 
of perpetrators of, of killings and fighting each other and so on and so forth. And he has brought unconditional love to people that just make you weep when you see what is possible, when you are capable of bringing that into the world. Wow, it's, it's just, it's such a moving story. If he's created these centers, or this center in particular in California, where these people who were from the streets, you know, who have formed communities where they create, they, they have bakeries and various kinds of functions in society where they can really blossom these people who are killing each other on the streets. And it's interesting also to notice whether somebody is ready or not to hear the Dharma. And again, no gain, no blame. We're either ready or we're not ready. And it is what it is. It's, a, it's such a moving book about the tremendous, tremendous effects of unconditional love. So moving and dramatic. Dramatic. We can hate and reject our hungry ghosts, refusing to accept these voices as an absolutely necessary aspect of our training toward equanimity. But I have learned through incredible years of suffering that there is no escape and that all of the voices in each of our communities, this body-mind community, has to be heard, has to be heard with unconditional love. The parts of ourselves that we hate the most, that we hide the most, are the very ones like these criminals, so-called, who were absolutely transformed by unconditional love. To really begin to know the difference between what you need and what you want can create a balance between giving and receiving. Without a deep kind of mindfulness that allows messages to come from all the various sources that we are housing, I really think each one of us that way is a community. When we only accept a part of ourselves and reject the other parts, we are truly dealing with inequality. And of course, the wonderful thing about the Dharma is that it's like a mirror. So from moment to moment, you're going to be faced with all the things about yourself you either like or you dislike. And that's where the teaching is. It's remarkable not to avoid what's facing you, but each time you want to reject something or somebody, that's the time to really look inside. The world is a mirror. Let's say somebody accuses you or 
unright, unrightfully of an act or a word that you may not even remember that angered or hurt them. The automatic response usually is self-defense or justification and so on and so forth. And off we go to war. And the more, the more we feed that, it's, it's, it's like our current political situation. You know, the more that we revile the so-called enemy, the more we are creating war. How do we work with a situation that's as difficult as the one we're facing right now, within ourselves as well as outside? It's, it's taking responsibility for the conditions of your life, inner and outer, that is what the practice is about. Taking responsibility so that you have to let go of any idea of blaming anybody or anything for your state of being at any moment. That's a big one, a very, very big one. My favorite guru was an Indian named Nisargadatta who says, the way to truth lies through the destruction of the false. To destroy the false, you must question your most inveterate beliefs. With the body comes the world. With the world, God, who is supposed to have created the world, and thus it starts. Fear, religion, prayers, sacrifices, all sorts of sim sim systems, all to support the child man. Frightened out of his wits by monsters of his own making, realize that what you are cannot be born or die. And with the fear gone, all suffering ends. It's really my willingness to listen, inside and outside. Just that. It's so simple and so excruciating. Every time I'm uncomfortable, it makes me get real with myself, to take responsibility for my response to experience. In the early 70s, I was studying with a teacher who put together a program that had the premise that we are all healers intrinsically, and that through some practices, perhaps, we can begin to experience that for ourselves. So he was a man. It's a long story about where he comes from, but he put together a kind of combination of practices of East and West mysticism. and. Uh, so we worked, this was a retreat, and so we worked very conscientiously uh, to try to, again, enter, enter ourselves and find out something more than we did when we started. <laughs> anyway, at the end of such a retreat, and there were a series of retreats like this, people would come for healing. In other words, outsiders who needed some kind of healing would come, and we would form a circle, and then we would do the work that we'd been doing for, during the retreat. 
And at the end of that, the people would just express such gratitude for what we had offered them and so on and so forth. And I said, I'm grateful to you. You made it possible for me to go there. So it's like giving and receiving. How can you separate them? You can't have one without the other. You know, for me, giving and receiving is a full circle. And the question is, to what extent do you experience that kind of equality in your life between giving and receiving? With the people you know, the work that you do, and so on and so forth. It's, it's such an amazing thing that, that the equality between giving and receiving and how essential that is. In other words, you can knock somebody over the head to receive these great wisdom teachings and if they're not ready to receive it, they're not ready to receive it. You know, it's like that, the, the book that I mentioned earlier, the, um, the Boyle book, uh, that he worked with people who for long periods of time were not ready to receive. And he loved them unconditionally, and very often it took them a while, but they were drawn. Because it's, it draws us like the, alert, like the light like when the, when the sun comes up in here, I think, my God, we're in heaven. It's so extraordinary, that light. <laughs> this is another quote from Farini. Um, oh, no, before I say that, th this is, a, this is a, a quote from Alan ba Badener, who had been a student of Thich Nhat Hanh from the very, very beginning. So, you know, they were a very small crowd at that point. And he said, he played no favorites. He practiced such equanimity with regard to his students, although some of the early ones may have been unhappy about being treated essentially the same as first-time retreatants. Some teacher and many of them stopped coming. So there you are, the ego, you know, taking over and getting in the way of this real serious quest. So curious, you know, and again, no gain, no blame. Those people had to move on and learn whatever they learned after that. Another wonderful quote from Farini from the 12 Steps of Forgiveness. Acceptance is such a simple thing and yet it's the hardest thing we learn to do. For with acceptance, our ego steps aside. With acceptance, the barriers to love's present dissolves. Remember, there is never a moment in our experience when acceptance of ourselves and our brothers and sisters will not restore our peace. In the Heart Sutra, we know, it says, no suffering, no cause or end to suffering, no old age and death, no cessation of old age and death. All Buddhas live like, live this prajnaparamita with no hindrance of mind, no hindrance, therefore no fear. Far beyond all such delusion, nirvana is already here. And recently, I've gone through fear in a way that I haven't experienced for a very long time. And when I allow fear to be there, there were, 
total resistance and no movement. But when I settled back and really allowed myself to sink into what was happening, it made an enormous difference. It's sort of like allowing your breath to make space around pain, any kind of pain, mental pain, physical pain. If you can really allow the breath to open up, a change takes place that really can't be defined. Lao Tzu says, being deeply loved by someone gives you strength, while loving someone deeply gives you courage. There's the giving and receiving, giving and receiving. When we can awaken to the fact that we have all been given everything we need in this mind-body to awaken to the truth of who we really are, our practice begins to take off. And faith expands us into and along the path we've been given. In truth, nothing is broken and nothing needs to be fixed. Miracles would happen because the ego structure blocking the miracle would dissolve. And finally, a Rumi poem or a piece of a poem. (coughs) He says, I have such a teacher. Last night, my teacher taught me the lesson of poverty, having nothing, wanting nothing. I am a naked man standing inside a mine of rubies closed in red silk. I absorb the shining, and now I see the ocean, billions of simultaneous motions moving in me. A circle of lovely, quiet people becomes the ring on my finger, then the wind and thunder of rain on the way. I have such a teacher. And another quote from Farini, when you can observe, observe the argument without taking sides. When you can be in the middle of the battleground without attacking anyone, then you have arrived in the place where the lotus blooms. Few will notice you, but it will not matter. You have come home. You have slipped through the veil. You are no longer an object blocking the light, but the window through which it passes. And now I will attempt to sing you a song that I remind myself of the truth of all this if my voice holds out. Come abiding, trust the Dharma. Come abiding, trust the Dharma. At the still point of the turning world, I am love, I am peace, I am free. That's it.